0: Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. Let's get ready to visit Kalamazoo, Michigan. This town is more than just a funny name to say. There's plenty of great food and, of course, Cornwell's Turkeyville. Our guest is Dan Moyle of the Storytellers Network, where his team of professional storytellers help businesses refine their message. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com/slash-Kalamazoo. Let's start the show. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Don't you just hate waiting in line for security at the airport? Me too. Even the pre-check lines are slammed most of the time today. That's why I use Clear to skip the lines and get to my flight quicker. For my listeners, I've actually worked out a special deal where you can try Clear for free for two months. This is a limited time offer, so go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Dan, it's great to meet you. Looking forward to talking about Kalamazoo, Michigan today, so let's get into it. Thanks, Lee. I appreciate it, man. This is going to be fun. Yeah, so you actually are born and raised in Kalamazoo, is that correct?
1: That is correct. Just, of course, you know, everybody's from Kalamazoo is from actually like a small town. This is the Midwest. So,
0: <laughs> but if I mention my small town, everybody's going to say, wait, what, where? So yeah, Kalamazoo totally works for me. I'm from the area. Yeah. Right on. So what's kept you into Kalamazoo all this time?
1: Well, a few things. I mean, number one for me is family. You know, my parents are here. I have a daughter here. My wife and I and I live in the area as well. You know, just like family keeps us here, but also, man, I love Michigan and I love Southwest Michigan. The season's There's so much to do. I'm a motorcycle guy, so beautiful places to travel around my area to just go ride for whether it's thirty minutes or you know, three hours. I love being from the mitten and I just don't want (laughs) to (laughs) leave.
0: And for people that didn't catch that reference, essentially if you look at Michigan and you just take a look at it on the map and zoom out a little bit, it actually looks like a mitten.
1: Yep, the lower peninsula is a mitten, so there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So right on. So like you said that there's water everywhere. Right. And so you said that I think you're within a mile of the water pretty much anywhere you go.
1: Yeah. I don't know the exact scientific like measurement. It's like a mile or two miles or whatever, but there's either the great lakes. There's a ton of lakes around us. There are beautiful rivers. Like I think it's, what is it? Minnesota is the land of a thousand lakes Well, we got them beat by like 10,000 lakes
0: maybe. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> yeah. right. That's rad. Do you do fishing or are you mainly just a motorcycle rider or what's your relation to the water?
1: Uh, You know, it's funny because I do a little bit of fishing and my daughters and I have fished together and that kind of stuff, but I'm not a serious fishing nut. We go swimming quite a bit in some different lakes around us, that kind of stuff. I love just hanging out with my family and doing that, but there's just something about the water that calls me. And as much as I love the oceans and the coasts, I've been to Hawaii and I love that, but like Lake Michigan is such a beautiful Body of water and there's just something that calls me to it. I don't really know why I love to go in kayaks, whether it's on a small lake or a river or out onto the big lake. I've been on like Michigan in a kayak once, but I just love the fact that we are surrounded by this beautiful natural scenery of water. It just speaks to me for some reason. So yeah, I mean, you know, I enjoy going on pontoons or on maybe wave runners or whatever. I don't own any of that. I'm a motorcycle guy for sure, but I like to ride near the lakes because it's always just so beautiful.
0: Oh, for sure. So with the weather. How does that affect your riding the bike, you know, going out on the lake? You know, obviously I'm in the South, I'm in Nashville. So we have a little bit of weather, but we don't get snow like Mm. you guys do up there. So what's the weather like year round? I mean, in the winter, it definitely is cold. We obviously
1: get snow, the lakes freeze over. So there's ice hockey or just kind of, you know, hanging out on the lakes, this kind of thing. Ice fishing, obviously, which I've never understood sitting on basically a block of ice for hours to maybe catch some fish that are kind of (laughs) sleepy. I I don't know. I guess it's cool. But no, I mean, you know, in the winter, it definitely is cold. There's, you know, some skiing around us. I hesitate to call it, you know, downhill skiing, but it is hills, not mountains. (laughs) But, you know, for me as a motorcyclist, I mean, it's, I get probably about eight months out of the year where I ride. Funny enough, I do get one ride in every month and I've documented it the last two years on Facebook, just that I'm going to get out one day of that month. So, I have all 12 months that I ride, (laughs) technically. (laughs) Nice. But yeah, I mean, in southern Michigan, where we are around Kalamazoo, we don't get as much snow as they get up north, you know, in the northern part of the lower peninsula or the upper peninsula, the, the UP. But there definitely is some snowmobiling that goes on around here. But yeah, I mean, the weather in the spring, summer, and fall is just gorgeous. You know, summer gets a little bit muggy, but not like you guys get in the south. You know, I know that, you know, Tennessee and Mississippi and all that get muggy, right?
0: Yeah. I'm trying to get used to it. I'm from California originally and Uh, not quite used to this humidity yet. (laughs) Yeah. We get some humidity,
1: not nearly that bad. I mean, the weather's temperate, I would say, right? I mean, most of the year, eight months out of the year, it's really good. We kind of joke and complain like, well, summer's about a week, you know, and then we're back into winter, but it really isn't that bad. It's pretty
0: gorgeous. That's great. And I think you said that the festival season runs throughout the summer right so what type of festivals are there
1: oh yeah man we've got some great festivals we have rib fest and there's some changes in the last couple of years about where they are located and who like owns the festival i didn't realize there were owners of festivals <laughs> we have island fest we have the irish fest we have taste of kalamazoo which is always really cool because that you did you know all the different restaurants and everything right yeah so there's a bunch of different festivals that happen downtown kalamazoo and then also Just outside of downtown where the baseball team plays, the Kalamazoo Growlers, that field now hosts different festivals, including some craft beer festivals. There's like a beer and donuts one. Nice. That's like two of my favorite things right there. (laughs) Right? You're speaking my language now. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so there's a lot of festivals. The cool thing is like for Kalamazoo, so many cities have a chamber of commerce and they do great work. Kalamazoo goes a little bit beyond that and they have something called Discover Kalamazoo and they share all this information. I went there even just in kind of preparing to talk today a little bit, like what are they talking about right now? And so that website's great and they list the different activities and festivals and stuff. And there's, and for being kind of a small town, small city, we're not a huge city, but there's a lot going on. So the festival season between you know May and let's say October is pretty fantastic.
0: Well, that's great. When I was looking at the Discover Kalamazoo website, I saw that, they kind of like the play on the area code. The area code's 269 for those listeners and they actually have 269 things to do in Kalamazoo. Thought that was cool. Yeah, it's
1: pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I remember cuz I'm in my 40s now and I remember growing up, our area code for Western Michigan for the whole state was 616. And eventually when I was young, I don't remember when it was, my teenage years or whatever before that, it changed to 269. And there's just something about that number that's kind of cool. I don't know why exactly, but that 269 is something that We're very proud of in our area, in the Kalamazoo area, there's a magazine about it. Obviously, you know, Discover Kalamazoo references it. It's just one of those pride things for something. That and the mitten are our two big things, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I even saw that there's uh, something called the Spirit of 269, which is actually a guide for all the breweries, wineries, distilleries, and cideries. So, I mean, have you taken on any of the beer trails that are in the town?
1: I have had my share of beer at different places. (laughs) I haven't taken one of the trails or one of the tours. West Michigan Beer Tours is a great little company that does that, and they are just awesome. I haven't taken one of the tours, but everybody I talk to loves it. I live south enough of the city that my wife and I do stuff kind of all over, and she's not a big beer person. So I haven't, hey, let's go on this as a date. But yeah, we really enjoy just everything about the area. So anyway, but getting back to, yeah, the beer tours. Gosh, the craft beers around here are just everywhere. And I think, you know, us in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and then Asheville, North Carolina are like the three beer cities that everybody talks about. So it's a great place to explore those tastes for sure. And then now, like you said, Lee, the spirit distilleries are popping up, some of the ciders and that kind of stuff. It's a pretty cool time to be around Kalamazoo.
0: That sounds good. I guess when I come visit, I'm going to have to prepare my liver ahead of time.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) You come up and we'll do some good ones. There's a great place in town called the Kalamazoo Beer Exchange. Uh And that's, man, that's one of the best places to go there. They don't brew. They have all different flavors. Sometimes they'll have a tap takeover from a brewery or whatever. But it's a beer exchange, kind of like the stock exchange, where prices go up and down based on demand. And it's immediate demand. Every 15 minutes, the system pulls in the sales and that kind of stuff. And it adjusts the prices. If in-demand beer, the prices go up. The other beers go down, so you're able to try stuff that you maybe never would have. And then a couple times in evening, they'll do a market crash where everything drops to the lowest possible price you can have, which is like you know two fifty a glass or whatever for almost everything.
0: (laughs) Well, as a former finance guy, that kind of speaks to my heart right there with the supply and the demand. It's pretty
1: awesome. So when you start to travel a little more and
0: get over to Kalamazoo, we'll meet there and we'll have some fun. (laughs) That sounds great. So let's actually go back to a little bit more family-friendly items before us 40-year-olds start talking about all the alcohol. (laughs) Uh, So what are some more family-friendly items to do in Kalamazoo?
1: You know, it's cool because Kalamazoo is kind of a walking city. We have a downtown mall, walking mall that used to be, I don't know if it was like the one of the first walking malls in the Midwest or what, but there is, you know, there's one way traffic there now, but you can walk a ton of places. There's like, there's climb Kalamazoo that you can go rock climbing indoors. There's, you know, a bunch of different you know, there's a, a museum downtown Kalamazoo, that kind of stuff. If we start looking like around town, there's the Gilmore Car Museum just outside of town, which has got some phenomenal museum-type car stuff. One of my favorite places to go is the Critchlow Alligator Sanctuary in a town just outside of Kalamazoo, not too far, called Athens. You don't have to go to Greece to go to Athens. You can go to the Kalamazoo area. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> sorry, bad dad joke. But the alligator sanctuary is amazing. David Critchlow, he's a zoologist who rescues these reptiles from around and and you know you kind of think, okay, you talked about being frozen and only a few months of summer. How do these alligators, these tropical or, or warm weather reptiles survive? Well, he has greenhouses that during the winter they all go in the greenhouses and just kind of hang out and almost hibernate but not really they just kind of get you know a lot quieter but during the the spring summer and fall they're out in this area and it's all you know not totally free range but pretty close to free range it's awesome it's such a cool place that's one of my favorite places around us
0: that sounds great you know it's one of those things that i like taking my kids to unique experiences like that where they can obviously you're not going to get too close to the alligators Mm -hmm. and crocodiles you know but still you want to be able to have them explore and see because you know Some children, you know, we get to go travel all over the world, but a lot of kids, you know, they generally don't leave their local area. So if they didn't have something like this, they probably would never be able to see a crocodile or an alligator.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: And even he'll let
1: you on some of the smaller ones, hold them. He'll tape their mouth shut so they can't bite (laughs) your yeah, But they've been out and about in the community. He goes out and evangelizes for these animals and
0: will let you hold them.
1: I'd never held an alligator till a couple of years ago when I held one. It was like, I feel kind of tough.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least while the tape is on the mouth, right?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'm running, man.
0: (laughs) For sure. For sure. So also there's uh, something I saw that's called the air zoo. It's not quite like a zoo. Like we would normally think when we hear the word zoo, but what type of air zoo is it?
1: Yeah. The air zoo is amazing. It is a airplane museum, but it's not just airplanes sitting around. I mean, it's interactive. They have some rides inside the air zoo for younger kids. They have different historic exhibits, you know, whether it's World War II, that kind of stuff. One of the planes in there is from a woman, Susan Parrish, who is from the area, and her family is related to the Upjohn family that was a big pharmaceutical company here in in Kalamazoo until Pharmacia and then Pfizer bought them out. But anyway, but Susan Parrish was a pilot back in World War II, and I forget exactly if she was part of the WACS or what exactly, but she was related, but she was involved in World War II pilots flying And so her plane is there, a replica of that, and it's also one at the airport. But there's a ton of just stuff to see in the Air Zoo. The cool thing is during the summer, they do summer camps for kids. During the school year, they'll do school camps for kids, like one-day things or whatever. There's one of the bombers is in there. Not the stealth, but the Blackbird is in there. The SR-71. Yeah, the SR-71. I've stood right underneath that thing. It's amazing. It's really cool. It's a very cool aerospace museum. They have stuff there about space travel too and that kind of stuff. So aerospace museum, it's really cool.
0: Right on. Yeah, no, that sounds like a blast. My son is seven and I think he would just really enjoy being able to see all the airplanes and taking the simulators and some of the rides that they have inside there. Oh yeah, the
1: simulators. I forgot about that. Yeah, you looked them up. (laughs) Yeah, the simulators are cool. You can spin completely upside down. It's incredible.
0: Oh, yeah. Make sure you don't eat beforehand. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So speaking of eating, I read about something called the Cornwell's Turkeyville.
1: Oh, Turkeyville, USA. (laughs) You dug deep, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The Cornwell family started that back, gosh, probably in the, I don't know, the 30s or something. I mean, a long, long time ago. And it was just a turkey farm for a long time. And they ended up creating this cafeteria. And people started to come and they've over the years, they've had, you know, antique stores there or other stuff. Now they have a campground. Turkeyville, USA is a lot of fun. And the best part is as a local, it isn't somewhere that we always go. But when family comes in from out of town, let's say from California, I have family in San Diego, whenever they come, it's let's go to Turkeyville. And so we go every couple of years because they love to go there. It's one of those things that that she had when she was growing up. She's in her sixties now. And, when she would come to see her grandparents, they'd go to Turkeyville. And it's just a lot of fun. They have great fudge there and ice cream and, of course, obviously turkey. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the cool thing is, this is something I didn't even realize was there until I had younger kids. They have this railroad association there that is, it's not model trains, but it's not Amtrak. It's these little trains that you use ride on. You can fit like three or four people and a family on these trains. So it's almost like go-karts for trains. Okay. And they go through the woods and there's a couple of tunnels and you get to go through the woods and sometimes you might see, you know, some wildlife or whatever. And my wife and I took our daughters there quite a few years ago. They're now in their teens. But we took them there when they were younger, you know, seven, eight years old or whatever. And during the fall, right around Halloween, they have haunted train rides. It's not really haunted, but they have decorations up in the woods. And so it's nothing scary, but it's really fun to go out there in the fall and ride the train and then have some cider and It's just really cool. Yeah, Turkeyville is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, no, it sounds amazing. And I think we're definitely going to add that to my list when we come out there to Kalamazoo. So one of the big things that's there that we haven't talked about is actually also the Gibson Guitar Factory.
1: Yeah, yeah, Gibson started in Kalamazoo. We're here for a number of years and then eventually moved down to, I believe, in Nashville. And when Gibson left, a few of the employees stuck around and started Heritage Guitars. And now Heritage has become one of those sought-after you know, craft guitars that a lot of artists really love. And so Heritage now is here in Kalamazoo. And and I think they do tours. I was looking them up because I want to take a tour at some point. And I'm pretty sure they do tours. They might not be as wide open as they'd like it to be. But yeah, the Heritage Guitar Factory is here. And it's just beautiful guitars, man. If you have any connection to music, Heritage is where it's at, which came from Gibson and that handmade craft artisan, just beautiful instruments.
0: Yeah, I can really appreciate the the skill it takes to play an instrument, the most music that I can play is just the radio. (laughs) 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 Me too. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So we only got a couple minutes left and really enjoying hearing about Kalamazoo. So I want to ask my final countdown questions. So if somebody only had time for one meal in your town, where should they go and what should they eat? Webster's Prime in the Radisson is an absolutely
1: fantastic restaurant, steakhouse, I guess I would call it. Mm-hmm. just amazing food my gosh i've never had that kind of beef ever it's just yeah webster's prime is amazing
0: right on uh, so you suggest the prime rib there
1: no i would go with like one of their dry aged filet mignon or something like that and they the 27 day aged just tender the other thing is too they have tastings you can order a plate of tastings and have four different kinds of beef
0: oh nice So like
1: a corn fed a grain fed kobe and something like a dry age or whatever and you can taste the difference I, I would have called bs on this i would have said you can never taste the difference between corn fed and grass fed and you can when it's back to back and it's done well oh man it was amazing
0: oh my mouth is watering right now i know so. <laughs> <laughs> me too I'll be right back. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're going to hit pause. We're going to go get some steak right now. Yeah. So, you know, you lived there all your life. So what's like a memorable story that really attaches you to the town?
1: I can think back to when I was in my early 20s and my younger brother, six years younger than me, was playing in a band, a punk band. And there used to be this little club in downtown Kalamazoo called Club Soda where the bands always played, especially like punk and rock kind of stuff. Kind of like. If any any listeners are familiar with CBGB in New York City, where like the Ramones first played, that was Club Soda for us. That was where every band came through. And I can remember seeing my brother's band play there. And I thought, man, this guy's going to go far. He's going to make it. (laughs) He hasn't. And Club Soda is now closed. But that's probably my favorite memory of downtown Kalamazoo is watching him play on stage. That sounds great. So what's the music scene like there right now? It's pretty okay, Not as strong that I would love to see. Kalamazoo is exactly halfway between Detroit and Chicago. So we used to have a really good music scene. And then Grand Rapids, just north of us, opened up an amazing venue, Van Andel Arena. And so that's taken some of that music scene. But local music is amazing. There are a few different places for people to play. It's okay, I guess I would say. I'd like to see it grow more. The heyday was back in the, you know, 70s, 80s, and 90s when Club Soda was strong. But there's still some good music scenes. Some of those festivals that we just talked about. They have, like, Ribfest had Survivor come play and Lita Ford played. So there is still some music that comes around.
0: Oh, right on. Yeah, so when you're around town, where is the happiest happy hour? My favorite place to go for happy hour is Center Street Tap House or Central City Tap House. It's the tap house, but depending
1: on where you go, when there's a Whiskey Wednesday. Okay. Because they have just amazing whiskeys and, and they're, you know. Or the other one, I got two of them. The other one would be that Kalamazoo Beer Exchange that I mentioned. When the market crashes, that's the best place to be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice. I can just imagine everybody, sell, 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 Bye, buy, buy. <laughs> it's fun. It's, yeah. On a busy night, it's awesome. Right on. So, everywhere I go, I always try to get some pepperoni pizza. That's one of my favorite foods. So, what's the best place to get pepperoni pizza in Kalamazoo? Hands down, for me, is what I grew up with, Jasper's Pizza. Okay.
1: They have multiple locations now, but the original is down in where I'm from, my hometown of Vicksburg. But, yeah, Jasper's Pizza is the best place. Their sauce is just a little bit sweet, Okay. but it's still, like, genuine, just good. The pepperoni kind of curls up on the edges a little bit and has nice little cups of flavor. Mm -hmm. Some people call it grease. I call it flavor. But, yeah, Jaspers is the best place for pizza in town, pepperoni pizza in town.
0: So is it more of like a thin crust, like medium, a uh, thick? It's a hand tossed kind of medium crust. Yeah,
1: they do other crust. The nice thing is they've really branched out, and they you know they do everything from deep dish—not like Chicago deep dish, but you know deeper dish, thicker pizza—to mm-hmm. gluten free. They have all different kinds of flavors. They have a really nice garden pesto one that they do. But yeah, my favorite is actually pepperoni pizza too from there. Right on. Simple, yeah.
0: Hey, I have a lot of ideas right now. I'm getting ready to go to Kalamazoo. I might have to book a ticket right after we finish taping this and. Got some pizza, got some tastings of steaks, the beer tours, man, I'm sold. I'm also trying to get some turkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff for your kids too. You know, your kids can have some fun too. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I should bring them. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Dan, it's been a great talking to you, learning about Kalamazoo. And I think that our listeners have a much better idea of what to do there now versus just some of the more trendy things that they may have heard of. So again, thanks for being on the show. Is there anything that you want to talk about? You know, I know that you're part of the, something called the the Storytellers Network. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah, I started
1: my own podcast this year. I work for this podcast interview marketing service agency. And so I get into the podcast world and I thought, I'm going to start my own show because why not? <laughs> and I'm a marketing guy. And so I wanted to talk to people who tell great stories. And so I started the Storytellers Network podcast. And I talked to storytellers on their craft, on their experience, on their life, on the inspiration. Just to help inspire others to tell better stories, Mm -hmm. you know, whether they're in marketing, whether they're, you know, a business owner or an executive that has to tell the story and be an evangelist or they're entrepreneurs or whatever. I want people to tell better stories and be inspired that you can tell a great story from, you know, whatever your station in life is. So, yeah, the Storytellers Network is my podcast. So, thanks, man.
0: For sure. No, I think being able to speak, whether it's to, you know, a one-on-one situation like this or being able to speak to a broader audience is key in life and kudos to you for being able to help people to be able to tell better stories yeah that's that's my hope and dream anyway right on well hey well again thanks for being on the show look forward to to meeting up with you in kalamazoo and first rounds on me sounds good man. i'll see you there (laughs) i love how fun the city kalamazoo is it's a wonderful place to visit explore and have a great time dan shared some really fun tips and i'm looking forward to exploring the gibson guitar factory and cornwell's turkeyville when we go So what is your favorite thing you learned about Kalamazoo? Please let us know in the show notes at wetravelthere.com forward slash Kalamazoo or log into the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook. Join us the next time when we have a special episode focusing on the World Cup. Shubayan Mukherjee shares some amazing stories from attending World Cups and how to prepare to attend the next one without spending a lot of money. We hope you'll join us when we travel there. If you'd like to listen to more podcasts about travel, I suggest checking out my good friend Ed Pizza's show called Miles to Go. Ed and his guests break down the latest travel news with a focus on credit card rewards and loyalty programs in his weekly 30-minute show. Let me know what you think.